I am Muhammad Al Nujayfi. Bayan Sami Abdurrahman. My name is Omar Siri. Nabid Abawi. Chief Advisor to my brother Usama Al Nujayfi, the Speaker of the Iraqi Parliament. Kurdistan Regional Government High Representative to the UK. Research Assistant in the Middle East and North Africa program at Chatham House. Senior Deputy Foreign Minister of Iraq. Hello, I'm Jane Kinnanmont, Senior Research Fellow at Chatham House. A US-led coalition invaded Iraq on 19th of March 2003, and I've been asking people for their reflections on the decades since then. In this podcast, I have a sample of what people have been saying. It's not comprehensive. It hardly could be, given the circumstances in Iraq today. I am Muhammad Al Nujayfi, Chief Advisor to my brother Usama Al Nujayfi, the Speaker of the Iraqi Parliament, voluntarily and paid job, trying to help the rebuilding of my country, Iraq. I think uh, everybody had hope when uh, dictatorship was toppled. Although probably many Iraqis wanted to topple uh, Saddam regime themselves with some help, but not directly involvement by the Americans and others, because I think many of us realized that it would be a chaos. And then the country uh, was destroyed, virtually destroyed, and helped to be rebuilt. Um, I Well, we all hope that we be, it will be rebuilt on a Western-style democracy modified into our culture. It was not really a democracy in the sense there are some freedom of speeches, people can say what they like, but the constitution, the judiciary, the others were not uh, politically free, so to speak. But nevertheless, it was a peaceful change of rulers and uh, handover of powers, when I had Alawi, Jafari, and others. Then, when Maliki came in his first tenure, people realized that probably he cannot be a trusted governor of the country because he had sort of a dictatorship inclination. So many people objected on him having a second tenure. We moved now into a very uh, dangerous moment of time where there is a, a genuine civil strive towards uh, democracy. They wanted, although they have a lot of reservation on the constitution, they said, fine, constitution, give you something apply it amicably and fairly to all people and will accept it. You cannot distinguish on citizen and you have a first class citizen and second or third class citizens as they are all the citizens of the country. Uh, in the military, there are so many uh, warrants of arrests against officers who kill people with evidences and he refused to give them to, uh, let them to go for a trial. He's using military to control and frighten politicians, he, the, uh, MPs, obviously, uh, civil servants. I'm not sure. I mean, I am an optimist by nature, but I'm really starting to fear that the development of things in Iraq is not good. People have been protesting for the last two months. We have seen all the Arabic, Arab Springs coming that way, and 
dictator rulers did not listen to the voice of the people, and then we ended up with something really may not be that good. Um, if he is a shrewd enough, shrewd politician, he should listen to people. And the essence of the demand of the protesters is that apply the laws fairly. Do not distinguish on citizens on, uh, on basis of ethnicity, of religion, or uh, whatever it is. But he wouldn't do it. And that is giving us a big fear that if the man continues, there will be a bloodshed in Iraq, and Iraq will go into a disintegration. The Kurds have already, President Barzani said it in public, that we will not tolerate a dictatorship in Baghdad. If, if they insisted doing that, we will find our own way. I mean, he said it publicly many, many times. Now people are saying the same thing, that we cannot tolerate it. Either you have a change of policy, you have a proper uh, presentation, proportional presentation, you go to the law, apply the law fairly. Otherwise, I mean, we cannot be second-class citizen in our own country. I'm Bayan Sami Abdurrahman, the Kurdistan Regional Government High Representative to the UK. Well, uh, first of all, I know there's a huge anti-war movement in Britain and probably other countries, and uh, they've been very proactive and prolific in the last few weeks as the anniversary has started to dawn on everybody. And I think I've seen as an Iraqi and as a Kurd, I've seen a lot of rewriting of history by people who were against the war. I've seen a complete blacking out of the Kurdish genocide, of the Kurdish experience. Kurdish experience before 2003 and after 2003. Uh, people don't mention the genocide, they don't mention the chemical weapons, they don't mention Halabja, and they don't mention that Kurdistan is thriving since 2003 because it doesn't suit their argument that the war was a mistake, it was a disaster, and look, these are all the terrible things that happen in Iraq today. The other point, well, reflecting on, on the past 10 years, it was a liberation for us Kurds, and I would argue for many other Iraqis, not just the Kurds, but perhaps we are the most open and the most uh, brave to say that, because uh, I don't think it suits the Middle East mindset to think that a Western country could liberate them. But I think if, if most Iraqis are honest with themselves, they would see it as a liberation. All of us were locked in a dictatorship. All of us were deprived of contact with the international community, with our neighbors. We lived in a country that was constantly at war with itself and with its neighbors. Our sons and brothers and fathers were all conscripted into wars that they didn't believe in. So it was a liberation for the people of Iraq and for the people of Kurdistan within that. Does that mean there weren't any mistakes? Of course there were mistakes. You know, many people say that Paul Bremer was the second worst thing that happened to Iraq after Saddam. Others say he was the best thing that happened to Iraq. Um, but anyway, there have been huge, enormous mistakes that still have repercussions today since 2003. But overall, Iraq is not a dictatorship today. Saddam Hussein is gone. His sons are gone. The Ba'ath Party is uh, not what it was 
10 or 20 years ago, and Iraq is muddling through. We aren't where we would have liked to have been, but on the positive side, we have elections, we have coalition governments, we have a parliament. As a woman, I'm very proud that our parliament has a quota for female MPs, and the Kurdish parliament also has a quota for women MPs. So even as a woman, there are positive steps that have been taken. Uh, and it's very important that we have these coalition governments, we have um, elections on a regular basis, um, and there is the pull and push of democracy. What I'm very fearful for in the future is there have been signs of heading towards authoritarianism. And I think we should all be very, very wary of that. I think that there's a danger that even in the Arab Spring countries, um, that after their burst and of blossoming of democracy, that they too could head towards authoritarianism. And I think Iraq is part of that. So I think we should all be very, very cautious to ensure that Iraq doesn't head back towards authoritarianism, but stays on the path of democracy and continues with the elections and the parliamentary system. My name is Omar Siri. I'm a research assistant in the Middle East and North Africa program at Chatham House. I have just returned from Baghdad uh, after spending two weeks there uh, on a research trip. And ten years after the invasion, it's um, perhaps quite remarkable to see that the city is still struggling to move beyond a state of insecurity and concern from the government of continued attacks against state and civilian sites. As someone from the Iraqi diaspora who watched 10 years ago with uh, extreme interest and hope, observed the invasion and subsequent occupation as perhaps uh, a symbol of a better future for the country and for the people, most specifically. But 10 years after, it's frustrating, I think, to be a member of the diaspora and see the country still struggling the way it is. I think you would find wide consensus that the country isn't where it should be, where it needs to be, where the people want it to be. And yet daily life continues uh, for the people there. And that was probably most um, potent for me to see is that people are still living their lives. People are still going out to shops, trying to have fun, staying out late. And that's an encouraging sign. But ultimately, the political crisis that continues today needs to be resolved for real development and sustainable security to take hold in the country and in the capital. Perhaps the most one of the most important aspects of trying to understand Iraq 10 years after the invasion is the political divisiveness amongst the elite in the capital. And I think what we're seeing is the politics of brinksmanship, where any political victory is seen as a zero-sum game. Political victory is only seen as victory 
if the other side loses absolutely. And I think that is the nature of politics in Baghdad today. It, the state itself is in transition, and all the other hallmarks of the state are violence and sectarianism. And so when you have a zero-sum political game occurring in the context of heightened sectarian tensions and the ubiquitous fear of violence returning, the politics of brinksmanship, or that zero-sum game, is that much more dangerous and can return the country back to uh, civil conflict that we saw in 2006 and 2007. Nobody wants to see that happen, and yet that fear in Baghdad, amongst everyone I spoke to, is, is at its highest, I think, since the civil conflict. But that being said, I remain hopeful. I think the political elite recognize nobody wants to see that happen. Neither the elite nor the regular people living their lives in the capital. And that is why I am, I am hopeful. I think uh, the politicians recognize what they need to do to avoid another cataclysmic return to, to civil conflict. And, um, and better days are ahead. My name is Labid Abawi. I'm the senior deputy for the Minister of Iraq. Well, I think it has been very uh, eventful years. We had ups and downs, but uh, I think it was a fantastic uh, experience for Iraq. We moved from dictatorship to a new country, democratic country then to occupation, then we managed to negotiate our way out of occupation. We start building our country, focusing on how to develop our country in democratic manners and establish uh, democratic norms. We would like to see Iraq as a full-fledged democracy, respect of human rights, state of law, a pluralistic federal uh, Iraq respects all citizens uh, to be treated equally, respective of their affiliation or their links, religion, sect, uh, ethnicity. And uh, we have a lot of challenges, we have a lot of problems, uh, political, economic, but I think uh, the future could be. Uh, brighter for us if we can get uh, the harmony of our different components of the society to work together as with the Iraqi uh, national identity and to uh, focus on our economic development. The country, Iraq is a rich country, it has a lot of resources, natural resources, has uh, good human resources and uh, there's a lot of potential for Iraq. And Iraq, because of that, Iraq could be taken by many countries of the world as a good partner. So we have to concentrate on how to regain the credibility of Iraq vis-a-vis -vis other countries and how to respect uh, 
Iraq and recognize uh, uh, the, the role and the positive role as an actor in regional and international uh, arena. So um, uh, this is, I think, should be uh, well, where we should focus on that. And this has to be done in an inclusive way, but everybody in the Iraqi society, uh, all the political forces have to sit together, converge in order to attain these uh, goals. There is much, much more to be said about the past 10 years, about Iraq today and about the country's future. We do that at Chatham House through a series of events and publications. Find out some more about these on the website, chathamhouse.org.